Hey everyone, welcome to 12 Questions. Hello, this is Anna Valenzuela and I am coming to you live from Rio Grande, California. I'm 20 minutes from a monolith that just got dropped here a couple of days ago. <laughs> Very excited. I might go hike up and look at it. Maybe it'll give me cancer. I don't know what's going on. It's 2020. We're wilding out. Um, I am here today with my beautiful co-host and a gorgeous tie-dye for his eye color. Hello, everyone. Guys, give it up for Mr. Dave Yates. I don't know why I sound like a radio. Hello, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm just trying my best out here uh, to accessorize and accentuate for this uh, audio podcast. But yeah, you know, we're, we're doing it live. He looks fabulous, and someday these will be uh, available uh, on Patreon, just in case you want to see our lovely faces. But we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, Dave, do you mind if you would please read our fantastic clarity statement? Yeah, I don't want to do it, but I will anyways, please, just for you. Please, please, yeah. thank you. Welcome to 12 Questions. This is a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences and growth by also interviewing guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AANA or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview people about their life experiences. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We hope that you can learn something about yourselves and each other by listening. Yay. And I'm very excited for today's guest because guess what? We like know each other. We're, you know, we go way back to about a month ago. Um, who are we speaking with today? Hi, uh, this is Rebecca Robinson speaking. Yay. I'm coming to you live from Denver. <gasps> yeah. Oh, Denver. That's a place where almost every meal you can get bacon, just so much bacon. <laughs> Yeah, Denver is very much a fusion city, so bacon is in almost everything here. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a restaurant called Bacon, and we stayed very close to it. And uh, the like, I think like the assistant manager and like the staff came to a show with me and my dude, and they gave us a free flight of bacon the next morning because they had such a good time. Wow, <laughs> a flight wow. of bacon. I need to go check that out. It was really good. It was a really good <laughs> restaurant. Um, if you're feeling like putting your sodium intake over the top. Um, but we're really happy to have you here in these very interesting times. Uh, we're in interesting times, which for interesting people can be uh, quite a bit. How you doing? How you holding up? Well, I'm really glad you didn't just say unprecedented times because I'm going to strangle the next person who says it. Um, <laughs> unprecedented times. <laughs> yeah, every commercial is like, these are unprecedented times. It's like, actually, no, a lot of people are predicting this for quite some time. But um, that's not the point. <laughs> um, how am I holding up? I would say I am like a loose tooth tied to a doorknob. <laughs> how are you guys? <laughs> Oh, that's such a good description. Yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a freshly implanted crown. Like I'm looking real good, uh, but I, I'm I'm new in there. You know, just trying to Sensitive. make my owner's mouth uh, come together. You know, that's that we're we're talking teeth right now, right? Am I off base? I don't know. This is a tooth cast <laughs> now. We talk teeth. <laughs> Dentistry. 
Dentistry cast. Yes. <laughs> I bet there are dentist podcasts. Oh my God. I think there has to be. Those people make so much money. They got to be doing something else with their time. What, what if they... Well, I mean, that would almost negate... I'm mean, like, they have so much money that why would anybody do a podcast? You know? Like, if I had so much money, I'd be like, I'm not doing a podcast. This is Dang very true. You. I thought you were in it for the craft. Come on! I'm, I, yeah, I'm in it to help the people. I was like, yeah, you, earlier you said this was to help people, and now I'm kind of confused because I was only here to help people. <laughs> Oh uh, no! I'm 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 in it for the anchor residuals, the, the two dollars we get from anchor. Shout out to anchor! Wow, you guys are making it big time. I feel honored to be here. Thank you. I love it. I'm just still stuck on the idea of doing a dentist cast where they're like, "So how how's your day day? I'm fine. I'm really I'm so I'm really happy." So for those audio enjoyers of the podcast, Anna just shoved two of her fingers in her mouth and pulled uh, her cheek out like a fish hook to make that sound. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. I, it was very lifelike, though. Very dentisty. Thank you. Thank you. I'm. You know what? I Act I out commit. queen. Act, act out queen. Everybody. Yeah, your scene work is impeccable. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, that's my first... Uh, audio busting cackle of the podcast my bad i'm loud um but i live hard uh well let's just get into it then let's get into it rebecca how do you experience surrender how do i experience surrender um well i thought i i've been thinking about this i uh experience radical self-acceptance every day i I wrestle with that every morning, I think, yeah. or, you know, whatever time of day it is that my eyes open up. Um, yeah, I think there's a definite surrender to just the idea that I am who I am and got to stick with it. <laughs> and that's, yeah, I you can fix that. it things, but not everything. <laughs> I love it. There's sort of like some specific stuff that you surrender to like I like I have to surrender to like I have an anxiety disorder oh yeah okay I, have, I wasn't like, sure if that's what you meant um, no, that's okay we're doing you know, <laughs> it can mean whatever you want it to mean it's just all about like you know just asking yeah um I would say um I surrender I have ra uh, rapid cycling bipolar one the fun type <laughs> um yeah it's a nightmare um so I surrender to that every day because I have to I have no other choice um it uh for those of you who don't know what that is like when you have normal bipolar the mood swings can last like like weeks or months long where you're like super depressed or super manic but when you have rapid cycling, they last however long they want to, and it's super fun. And then they can also mix, and it's a nightmare. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I reckon with that every day. And then, yeah, just uh, every my I have lots of like PTSD and just reckoning around the fact that I'm in the present moment. Yeah, I I get it. I have I had to surrender to my anxiety stuff. I have. ADHD, which is real fun. It's a fun one for anxiety because I spend all day going, what am I going to fuck up? <laughs> uh, but my, I'm staying up here and I have an aunt who has, she told me she was diagnosed with bipolar recently, which there's something up with her. And um, I was asking her, I was like, is it rapid cycling bipolar? Is it bipolar one or bipolar two? Like, what are we doing yeah. here? Just to kind of know. And she was really proud of herself because she's gotten a lot of help and, 
and she's doing a that's lot great, better. That's great. It's hard as fuck. It is hard. Yeah, as I, I, that's, I do. It's such it's such a good thing to hear though that people are getting diagnoses. You know? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I just don't. I don't think that was a thing even five years ago where people even knew what was wrong with them. Like it. Oh, I was misdiagnosed had... twice. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, was the like, first time like? Did they say it was something else or? Oh yeah, they just thought it was just depression and anxiety, and then they <laughs> dug deeper, and they're like, "Oh, there's so much more to you." <laughs> what a there's well-rounded more underneath the surface. <laughs> yes, <laughs> fantastic. My, well, I know. If... Oh, go ahead. No, I was. Uh, I was from my my own mother. She uh, wrestled for four or five years trying to figure out what was up. You know, and this was like in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, you know, it took five or six years to get a handle on what actually was going on, where it's good to hear that these days is like, it's a little bit better. I'm not saying it's great, but it's it's a little bit better than it was, you know, say 20 years ago. Yeah. I think it's just helpful that people talk about it because they're yeah. more, oh, there's my dog. <laughs> so cute. Um, yeah, I, I think that is, it's really, it is really helpful because I think in my family, we weren't talking about it. We just called her crazy aunt Susie cause she's crazy. And, um, but that isn't fair. You know, what's fair is to talk about like what's really going on here. And there was, but there was a moment cause she's a boundary pusher. So there was a moment this morning where after my stepmom fell, she was being real boundary pushy. And I got on the phone and I was like, Hey, love you. Um, the boundary has been set. We don't need anything. Um, do not ask again. And she said, no. And I said, oh, well, that's always a fun one. Yeah. I know. And I said, well, <laughs> don't come over until you can respect boundaries. Love you. And hung up the phone. <laughs> I was just like, you got to respect boundaries, mama. <laughs> but, um, but it's, it's really good for like, I'm again, I'm just really proud of her. I'm really proud. Of, I'm really proud of people like taking care of themselves right now. I'm sure you've talked to like your therapist or your psychiatrist and they're just like how you holding up things are crazy right now you know absolutely yeah yeah so rebecca what would you say uh is the most insane moment you've had up until this conversation uh most insane moment up until this conversation in my entire life that's a Great question, Dave. Um, I would say one that has to do with my recovery um, that has definitely let, let helped lead me to the, where I am right now is I fell down a hill, <laughs> um, which sounds pretty mundane, um, but I was going to school at University of Wisconsin. May yeah. I ask what type of hill? Like, was this yeah, a grassy yeah, yeah. hill? Or, like, I need, I need no, some texture. No, this is more of a... Um, think like Taylor Swift's album in the woods hill. Like it just like lots of trees and bushes. It was in Wisconsin, ah. Wisconsin, Wisconsin woods. Hills. Yeah. The Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Hills. What does that mean? Oh. So it's just like a, little it was, it was just a, um, it was this like path that like went by the lake and we okay. were freshmen. So we always needed to, places to smoke weed. Oh, and so Madison area, Madison. Yeah. In Madison, Wisconsin. Ah. And now so, I got the image. Yeah. So we had been at this thing called FAC Friday after class, which is they didn't card anyone until 6 p.m. So we would obviously go at two because they had two for one drinks and two for a dollar grilled cheeses. And yeah, I know. And uh, it was Anna's 
jaws on the floor. That's why I said that. I, um, I for that two for one grilled cheeses. I'm like, what? That's, I, that's exactly it. I mean, there I, was never I grew grilled cheese in my using, and there should have been because it's. Delicious. I was very hefty. Yeah, the drinks yeah, and the grilled I mean, cheese paired that's well. You, that's because your recovery happens on the West Coast. In the Midwest, we know how <laughs> we know how to uh, soothe our souls with fucking grease and cheese. Yeah, I had well, to escape the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, we well, we're a quesadilla part of the part of the world. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but so we went to Friday after class and then we left and we met this kid in the woods with a bong. So normal. Um, and, um, I guess I ripped the bong and then, um, I'm just clumsy. It actually had nothing to do with me being, uh, drunk, but I just fell about mm, 50 yards down a hill through some trees, uh, super muddy everywhere. Couldn't walk back to the dorm. My friend had to carry me. He got all muddy. I passed out on a couch somewhere in the dorm. Uh, whole whole big thing. And it kind of was like a wake-up call when I woke up and was covered in mud. Uh, <laughs> it was a genu- genuine rock bottom. Um, and it made me rethink a lot of what I was doing at that time and, and kind of reassess. Did you have any headed. serious injuries from that or just some dings and scratches? No, um, I, I, mean, I our pride aside, oh, I'm sure your pride, your pride was jacked the fuck up. Well, but. yeah, my <laughs> what pride? Um, I, <laughs> well, a few months before I, um, had gone to Lollapalooza and, um, my friends ditched me to go see CeeLo Green while I peed, which <laughs> what friends, um, and, uh, when they should've, ditched you me, you should have been like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, that was. Uh, I thought that was a better joke than Anna gave me credit for. Uh, that was a CeeLo Green impression. I, yeah. It was you know a what? great CeeLo it Green impression. Yeah. I got, I got 12 years, no I've never love. heard that. I, no you did so well. I, I was dancing along with you. But he's really yeah, bad this, live. This, that was better I'm, than CeeLo Live. I'm walking yeah. away now. Okay. But okay. when I went to Lala, I uh, accidentally, I got, I got some drugs and it was accidentally meth. <laughs> and uh was with no friends and um a dude like grabbed my shirt ripped it off my head threw it into the crowd so then I was just like in a bra and in my shorts I lost my shoes in the mud so then I was barefoot so then people are stepping on my feet and ankles and then this random guy I knew was randomly in the audience gave me his shirt and also helped me out of the mud and I, well, I had to walk through Chicago barefoot safe um to a train station and i found my friends and they were all stone cold sober and i was definitely on too many drugs just looking around like a paranoid piece of shit yeah so from that i was in double boots so my ankles were trash ever since then i'm in a boot right now or i'm in a thing right now oh whoa what happened to your foot now Does it involve mud? Yeah, does it involve (laughs) mud? I'm like, wow, this is the only time I've connected these. There's actually no mud, but it was a dry mountain. Yes. You have a gravity relationship that is, is it's troublesome. My equilibrium does not exist. (laughs) I mean, the the fact that you're not agoraphobic is kind of a miracle. Oh, no, I am. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very agoraphobic. Uh, (laughs) Clinically agoraphobic. Uh, when lockdown became a thing, I was like, "Wait, that's my thing." <laughs> like yeah, everybody <laughs> get on my level. That's how I felt. Everybody was like, "I'm so anxious." I'm like, Haha, "Welcome to my world." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, you're afraid to leave the house? That's very cute." <laughs> <laughs> so, with all this in mind, like, how do you make you? You said you had made the decision to like reevaluate your life. Like, how do you make decisions in your life today? 
Um, I try and think about my intentions Mm. and like what, why I'm making the decision I'm making. If I'm being smart and clear headed about something, um, I stopped drinking five years ago, but I still smoke weed. So obviously weed's a hell of a drug and clouds my judgment sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I try and just like think about why I'm making the decision, I guess. And if it has my best interests in, in mind, yeah. Like if it's good for me in the future, whereas I think, um, because of my mental health in the past, I never thought that I was going to live very long, super morose. Um, but so I never like thought about long-term consequences of really any of my actions. Like, Got it. yeah. Yeah. It's amazing when, when you stay fucked up, how that initial instinct to like, I don't know, self-preserve is, is completely fucking non-existent. Like I can remember times in my drinking days where I was just like, if I died, I'd be all right. Which is like not yeah. normal, you know? Yeah. To like be like, Bleh. to be indifferent towards one. To be own passive demise. suicidal, yeah. yeah, passive suicidality. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. But if I don't wake up, that'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if this bus comes, that's fine. But I'm not gonna like try to get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that. I've had that a couple of times clean, which is wild, and um, and and I didn't have to. It's interesting how other people could identify that in me. They could see it and were so there for me. And and the second time it cropped up, I was just like, it was the weirdest thing. I woke up and I was like, why am I alive? It was just like, my brain was just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, whoa, this is weird. This isn't right. And so I reached out to people, you know, cause I, cause now today where I'm at, I know that that's not normal. You know, um, but it, when you're in it, it's really hard to it's really hard to see the forest for the trees. It's like wearing glasses that are the wrong color. Yeah, I always say you can't describe a color you've never seen because yeah. everyone's experience is so unique. And especially when it comes to mental health, like there's no way that anyone can match up. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's really beautiful. You can't describe a color you've never seen. Oh, <laughs> oh everybody put that one on a pillow that's a good yeah and then give me money for it give me resid yeah merch <laughs> yes. always cooking up the hot merch on this podcast mental health merch that seems unsafe that seems like something mm-hmm. my therapist would not approve of <laughs> mental health merch well Ex- I, exploiting yeah <laughs> i mean not exploiting but isn't isn't all consumer culture at some point a little bit mental health driven yeah, I was going to say I have a hat that says therapy makes you hotter, and it's one of my faves. So <laughs> I love it. It really does. Um, I'd be like, oh, he has therapy and Tupperware. Hello. That's what's so great about this podcast is like people who have the self-awareness that like there's some something to recover from is so sexy. Anyone who's working on themselves is so hot. Ooh. In any know. capacity. That's the shirt. That's, that's If you're working on yourself, I wants to fuck. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the Put shirt. Put me in that touch with need. your label, people. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm into it. I'm into it. What's been you know on this journey that you've been on through diagnosis and you know falling down stuff? Um, what what's been the most interesting thing that you've learned about yourself? Oh, um. I had therapy right before this, you guys. So, uh, perfect. I really was like diving in right beforehand. Um, what do I think is, wait, will you re ask it? Yeah. What have I learned? 
Yeah, what's the most interesting thing you've discovered about yourself, learned about yourself? Or the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself? Yeah. I guess that I'm more resilient than I give myself credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like I think that I can bitch and moan a little bit, but at the end of the day, I'm good at taking care of myself enough and... Um, yeah. Or like I reach out or yeah, I think that I've learned that also, I mean, like we were just saying, like, it's so important to talk about and talk to other people about. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, for me, I've just learned that like talking about it to other people and helping other people with what they're going through has made, like helped me figure out even more about, you know, reflect Mm -hmm. on what is happening with myself. Yeah. It's like, I guess oh, you, that's, yeah. The- oh, wow. Yeah. That was just me. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the first time I ever heard someone else say they were depressed was in when I was like in the wilderness and I was like, holy shit, like this yeah. is beautiful, you know, cause no one just comes out and just blankly says that. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, in 12 step fellowships, they do. You'll ask somebody, how are you doing? They'll be like, I feel depressed. And also I got cut off on the way here and I'm mad about that. And I ran out of cigarettes. How are you? And you're like, oh, that was the truth. Oh, hello. Hi, truth. Yeah. <laughs> Love the truth. Better yeah. cruel you, truth you, than comfortable you, will, you, you will get I'm okay a lot too. Fine. Doing all right. Like, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah, people like, people tend to be like, you'll hear me. <laughs> when I had when I was going to 12 step meetings a few years ago, there were it was in Boulder, Colorado, and there mm-hmm. were some fucking characters who like I was like, I'm just gonna go to this meeting to hear you talk. Like I have nothing to say at this po- at this place. Like I'm just here for your stories. Gwendolyn. Were you just checking them out just to see if it would if it was your deal or um, no, I actually, uh, I withdrew from Madison, Wisconsin, cause I was <laughs> tumbling down hills and drinking instead of going to school. And, um, I enrolled myself in wilderness therapy, um, wow. at a place called open sky in Durango. It was very beautiful and it saved my life. Um, but I backpacked for 11 weeks straight. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't shower for 11 weeks. I didn't shave. I looked like an ape. It was very hot. Um, I had two Hanes BPTs for the entire time anyways. Uh, but yeah, it was very transformative and amazing. And then after that, I went to like a transitional program in Boulder. And okay. when I was there, they made 12 steps of part of the program. So you had to go to meetings. Nice. And nice. I, yeah, they're, they're, they're fine. <laughs> if I have a friend who wants, who needs to go to a meeting, I'm always down like, cause they know that I've done it, but I'm, it's not something I seek out anymore. Hmm. Now I, I'm curious and then feel free not to answer this question, but uh, I like to ask this to people just so everybody listening, cause not everybody does the 12 step life. Like if, if you could pick out, this is like a sub question. If you could pick out yeah. why like a 12 step recovery isn't something, thing for you would that be like if, if you could pinpoint one of a reason um I would say that I because I don't identify as an addict like I just was able to stop drinking one day and never picked it up again and I feel very blessed to that have that be the case um otherwise I think that it's like extremely beneficial in all ter- like in all I think everyone should work the steps whether they have some sort of addiction or not I think 
you everyone should just like look inward and figure out who they need to apologize to and what's going on in their lives <laughs> right yeah yeah and, and uh, hopefully that didn't come off as accusatory it's just like no no like no our, wrong. Our, our our mission is to try to be that church basement for people who don't necessarily belong in a church basement you know yeah if if that example works you know yeah I think it um for me too it was just like I was in a program when I was going so I was going with a bunch of other people who you know I was a kid I was a kid like I was Mm -hmm. 18 in a room full of you know people in their 40s and you know it, it just um it was helpful for sure but I don't know. I think I would go to different uh, meetings. Like I maybe would go to like an Overeaters Anonymous, but I don't think I would go to AA. Yeah, um, or like an Al-Anon or a yeah or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't necessarily think that everybody that are in twelve-step rooms necessarily belong in those rooms per se. I'm glad that they're there. So I'm not in this statement, I'm not trying to keep people out of the rooms, but there's a lot of underlying issues that people treat with the subject matter that 12 step recovery offers, you know? So it's like, I I think sometimes it goes a little deeper. Like I've met people that are strictly mental health, but they drank to treat their mental illness. And then once they got their mental illness under control, now I'm saying that this is just some people that I've met. This is not necessarily an all people thing, but you know, I I think a level of honesty goes along with finding where you need to be. And and that's only to the individual. Like I, I believe that I I carry a, a, a light you know, like a lantern. And uh, if you want to walk the way I'm walking, you're more than welcome to. But I'm not trying to force my my light into your hands, you know? Absolutely. Uh, and that it just involves uh, honesty with the individual. So uh, how honest would you say that you are with yourself and uh, other people? Unfortunately, I'm way too honest with <laughs> other people. And I'm very honest with myself um, when I can be. I'm... Uh, I think when I lie to myself, it's when I'm talking shit to myself, Mm. Uh, when I'm telling myself I'm a stupid bitch and should die, you know, those cute things. Um, But otherwise, yeah. Um, Wait, will you re-ask the question? Because I had a second thought on that. Yeah, no, no. How honest are you with yourself and others? Oh, and then with others, I'm, yeah, I'm way too honest. I share too quickly frequently um i mean you and i became friends a few years ago and like just i don't know got to know each other like about this stuff super quickly um yeah i i i was just brought up to always tell the truth and so sometimes i do it too much and i would also just have that i'd rather have people tell me the truth than you know a good friend is someone who tells you you have salad in your teeth. Mm. Yeah, I don't, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like your intonation is like, I'm too, I'm too honest with people. And the way you're describing your honesty is not the same way as someone who's like, I'm just honest. I'm just, Hey, you look like, Oh yeah, no, that's stupid. I'm just, I'm just, Hey, I just shoot it from the hip or like these shitbag comics. Like, what? I'm just free speeching over here, bro. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just protecting. I'm protecting. You know, my my dick's out right now. Yeah, no, it's not like I've that got, at all. I've got a small penis for you. 
For you. <laughs> I, I'm just being honest, bro. I'm just, bro, bro. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm so Uncle Sam. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think when it comes to any kind of relationship, I'd rather have people be honest with me. I had a man call me tacky this week. <laughs> Rude. Love that honesty. In what, like, in like, what context? Like, yeah, like, you know, like sticky, I'm like coming. covered with covered with candy residue or like i wish that's why he called me that <laughs> what an interesting situation that would have been um no I, because i was wearing uh velour sweatpants so you were out in the wild and a man approached you yes, opened open the hole through which he breathes and consumes food yes uh-huh. and said ma'am you're tacky and you said, why, sir, am I tacky? And he said, because I'm, you're wearing velour? No, I was walking my dog and I was standing there and a man was walking past me and he stopped and he said, hey, I just wanted you to know, I think your sweatpants are tacky. And then he kept <laughs> walking. <laughs> I'd have been and like, I was like, and, and he was like a middle-aged, like just white dude, like who looked like everyone else in Denver. <laughs> was it possible that this was a gay man? No. I'm going to say that there you can't decide sexuality based on voice tone, but I'm going to say that he was checking out my ass before he checked out my sweatpants. And BTW, even if it was a gay man, still fuck you. But also... I agree. I agree. But my point was going to be, sometimes people get away with saying shit because there's that stereotype. Well, that's just what. That's, I don't. That's I mean, what, if you're a queer, I was trying to make cares? a point. Queer people are people. <laughs> exactly. I understand that. I, I'm just saying. My point was, some people get away with behaviors. Oh yeah. Like no, uh, I hate like, all men across the board. They're all scary. Yay! <laughs> shout, that, shout out. But, unless that, you want to date me. <laughs> you know what I would think he was doing? I think he was nagging you. I think he got a copy of the game in quarantine and was like, I see a nice butt. I'm going to neg her and tried it. I, I don't know if you've read about fashion lately. They're in. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I literally would have just been like, oh, hey, you know what? Fuck your face. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember how we got to me telling you guys that, but yes, that did happen. Oh, my oh God. people Brutal. being honest. With, yeah, I also honest. had someone tell me they were unattracted to me while I was in a swimsuit. That was also very fun. Um, yeah, recently, and um, I'm COVID safe. Everyone of was this a night? Was this when a were that, like? It's been cold out. When were you in a swimsuit? Hold on, we'll it's get, been, to, we'll get no, to the it's shithead. On, Okay, LA. Uh, it's been it's been warm here until like last week. It's been like 75, 80 degrees, warm, sunny, nice. Yeah, and it, they're hot tub country. That's hot tub. And country. it's hot tub country. And also, hot tubbing in the cold is also the best. The best. But also, okay. So was this a friend? I need to know the context of this. Well, are these strange <laughs> men just yelling? This was a this was a this was a potential suitor, <laughs> who then became a friend. Very quickly, <laughs> I would have been like, "Wow, your dick is really I mean, small." You're, I mean, well, really it was nice it was my fault because I walked into it, you guys. Friend. I walked into it. He said, um, "I just don't think like we should do this because I'm unattracted to you." And then I was like, "Don't ask a follow up question. Don't ask a follow up question. Don't ask a follow up question." And then out of my mouth came, "Physically or just because of who I am?" <laughs> and then he said, "Physically," and I couldn't reckon with which one was better. <laughs> 
Oh no! I would just would so, I just would have picked up my towel and went. Well, we're done here. Goodbye. <laughs> good thing this video is behind a paywall, so people <gasps> oh. can't see me. I'm just kidding. Uh, you, I'm having a phenomenal hair day. I was gonna say your hair looks amazing. You look amazing. You're a beautiful lady, and thank you, thank anybody you, who you. doesn't want to fuck you is wrong. I agree with you, Anna. Thank you so much. <laughs> this just in. This podcast is the best one. Yeah. Now, now, see here. I could have said those exact same things, and everybody listening would have been like, this comeback. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it is a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and, and that's the thing, too. It's just like, I, I on behalf of uh, straight white pig-headed idiots, uh, it's amazing to me that no one has the internet, or it's just that such a deep sense of uh, uh, I can't be hurt by anything that like makes people like I would never consider saying anything like that even to a, a, a buddy like just being funny you know like it it blows my fucking mind when like I was doing a show and someone like I was doing a show about bad driver you know like uh, road rage and I was like and you know who the worst drivers are and this dude yells women and I'm like you know and what one is this the 80s Two, like, in what world, in what world is that funny? Like, I don't, and these are always the same people, like, I'm going to nag ladies, but please touch my penis, please. Like, I know I just said you were this or that, but please. I would have stopped and been like, what's your name? And and they would be like, my name is Jeff. And I'd be like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, hey, Jeff, see Jeff right there? No one bones him tonight. This entire audience, you listen to me. No genitalia touching of Jeff for I mean oh, a girl. month. He's silent. Oh, I I I destroyed this dude. Yeah. The clip's coming this week. So this oh. is just a foreshadowing. Trust me. I'm, I'm very so jealous. I, I'm, I miss that. <laughs> Women. That's a, I, he must not know my boyfriend, who's the worst driver I've ever met in my life. He's from San Francisco and drives like a psychopath. <laughs> Well, yeah. The the so the punchline before uh, before that dude hackled was going to be uh, the worst drivers are anybody with a nicer car than me. Yeah, like, that's the punchline. You know, absolutely. And so it's got not it's got nothing. But the, but the fact that this man and I was in Indianapolis, the fact that this man felt well, the need to yell women is beyond me. I just I don't he understand. Such confidence. Mm, the incel well, of it all. You don't understand, but the thing is, is like that's all day, every day, especially in comedy, but like in the real world too. But I mean, in comedy, it's like when you know this, but like when people get on stage and they say shit, and you're like, okay, you're saying that with so much authority, but none of it was funny, or that's not a sentence, or that's not a joke, or whatever it is. You're like, but the con, like, I think if women started off with baseline male confidence in comedy, we would there would be so many more female headliners. Like there would be so much, so many more female content creators, producers, like showrunners, et cetera, because the baseline male confidence is, is, is crazy. Is the, gate, is the, the, even if you had that, the, the straight white ding dong gatekeepers have that too. Like, so that's been, the, that's been the, no, but I'm just saying the like confidence level of like people, like women think that no one wants to hear them or that we shouldn't talk, that we should take up less space. We need to be quieter. Our opinions don't matter. No one ever says that shit to you guys. So you, everyone goes up every, not 
I'm, most dudes go up there and they think I'm going to say most dudes because it is most dudes go up there and think what they have to say is important and like what they have to say needs to be said and what they have to say is funny. And so that guy in the audience is a perfect example of a dude who's like, I need to say something now and it's great and it's funny and it's important. But also you can just be a normal. But if we had that confidence and you'd go up and you'd be like, oh, people want to hear what I said. I can be a comic. Like, let's go. Whereas yeah. the first few times you're like, it, there's just a couple just- like mental barriers that have to be um that are like social expectations i think the only like way i can equate it would be like if somebody told you to that they always had the confidence to write with their opposite hand yes yes wow yeah so it's like men have that confidence they can write with both hands whereas women have always been told no you have to write with the one hand or something you know what i mean but it's it's more it's an emotional action it's like emotionally writing with your left hand when you're starting like comedy as a woman, I feel like you're a bowling ball trying to miss the pins. Like you're like, like you're literally trying to like stay away from anyone who thinks that you're there for anything else other than comedy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fine if you are, but yeah, (laughs) you're not. (laughs) Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a wild experience and it can be a real, it can be a real clusterfuck for going out in the real world, having interpersonal relationships where maybe think people we've been, people just say whatever to went to comics at work, you know, we're our workplace. People just say whatever, you know? And so when we're out dating sometimes or in relationships, like I'm in a relationship where my dude has said, whatever. I'm like, did you just, you just let that come out of your, Oh my, I think I can legally stab you. Like you just let that come out of your mouth. But like, it took me a while to just to honor that instead of trying to be like, don't rock the boat, don't rock the boat to be like, no, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. The fact that the fact that women even consider dating any of us is, is uh, a true. Oh, it's the dumbest. (laughs) If me and my dude don't work, I'm just going to hang my vagina up on a hook and call it a day. You know, that's where mine is. That's it. Yeah. I'm just going to put it on a hook next to my keys and my mask. That's it. In the, in the mud room. In the mud oh no, room. mine's in an industrial freezer. I just thought I'd keep it with my heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're both easy to find. Okay. Do you keep your freezer? And they'll be fresh. They'll be fresh down the line. <laughs> exactly. I'm, a big deep, I'm a big deep freezer guy. Like I've got I've got milk <laughs> sitting in my deep freezer that's ready to use at a, from yeah. 2017. No, it's you got it. You got it. No. <laughs> Six months. This six months is how long you can hold on to meat and perishable items in the freezer. That thing is not a time machine. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were listening, your freezer and your refrigerator are not goddamn time machines. I can prove I can prove I can prove you wrong. Uh, I, maybe it's just I have an ironclad stomach, but I freeze everything and it comes out and it's fine. It's when, fine. When I briefly I, lived with my dude, him and his roommate had a box of Omaha steaks that had been there in their fr- freezer for two years, never opened. And they were beginning to smell in the freezer. Those are still good. No, I don't, know about I don't agree with that. That's the Midwest in you, Dave. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> at the beginning of quarantine, I ordered uh, like double my Indian food order and then froze it. Because I was oh. so scared we were going to quarantine so hard I wouldn't be able to eat Indian food. <laughs> well, we just bought an Indian food cookbook and made it. Oh, see, that's so much smarter. <laughs> <laughs> you have an Instant Pot? No, but that's the one thing I've learned everyone during this quarantine does have. Get an Instant Pot. You can make Indian food like a grandma. Crock Pot. It's amazing. Crock Pot. Crock Pot will do it too. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm old school. I do the crock. I'm going to have to say Crockpot's PR team is phenomenal, so I might have to go with them. Awesome. I'm a, I'm a Crockpot man, <laughs> and I Crockpotted some Indian food, and there's still a nice chunk of Indian food in my freezer. I made wow. Indian food out of a, a, a hunk of lamb <laughs> that I got from the rehab facility that I worked at that was like two years old, and I Crockpotted that, and it's still delicious. <laughs> no, two-year-old rehab lamb, no! I really want you to bring a woman. Uh, you're not. Are you seeing anyone right now? Cool. Well, she has diarrhea. That's why you don't see her in the background. <laughs> <She does not. laughs> I was like, if you, I was like, can you spoon feed that to someone, please, and tell me how it goes? <laughs> hey, just know that in at, in the end times, when someone's got uh, an iron stomach, surviving on the leftovers in the zombie apocalypse, uh, you won't be laughing, huh? I don't want. I want to be first wave, Dave. <laughs> You want to be first wave zombie? Yeah, take me out in any kind of end of the world sitch. My will to well, live is already hanging on a limb. Come on. I, <laughs> well, we're off the rails in a way that's making me anxious. So how do you experience fear and anxiety? Sorry, saving money makes you anxious. Bougie. No, it does not say. No, that is different. There's a difference between saving money and giving yourself motherfucking botulism. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Still wow. here. Still here. <laughs> my, listen, my father was a butcher for the state of California prison systems. He was like the guy who ran who ran their meat processing plant. There is no one in the world that knows food safety handling better than this girl right here because my father was convinced that every health problem I had was food contamination. So we kept leftovers for three days like we were a damn rehab facility and we, we cooked them usually, but uh, when it came to like me, we had a six month rotation. I'm just saying FDA, that is the FDA guidelines. I'm just saying. Yeah. I've had salmonella. I wouldn't fuck with that. Okay. Back to my fear. Uh <laughs> yeah. How do you experience anxiety, Rebecca? Cause we're learning how Anna experiences anxiety is when Dave be- talks about eating delicious meat from two years ago. It's, it is a little worrying, Dave. As your friend, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> but you know what? At least you're not killing cows right now. They're already dead. Um, let's see. Um, how do I experience fear and anxiety? Every single day, it's paralyzing. Um, I experience it in my nervous system. Um, because I have PTSD, I have a lot of it just in my body all the time. Um, I feel it in my chest a lot. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, I carry it, yeah, um, in my stomach sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, like I said, I'm agoraphobic. So uh, leaving the house to do anything is the scariest thing ever. Uh, And I feel like that character uh, that Nick Swardson plays in that baseball movie where he can't leave. Anyways, um, (laughs) I have super bad social anxiety, but because we don't gather in groups larger than one now uh, it's not really a big deal um this makes me anxious <laughs> you're doing great by the way you're doing great. Thank you. I, love, I love what you just shared because um experiencing the reason why i put experience is because i anxiety for me was throwing up when i was a kid it was oh yeah um joint and joint pain back problems neck definitely problems. Um, stomach issues, IBS. Yep. Um, yep. Asthma. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> I was I was sitting with my boyfriend the other night, and like he he had his arm around me, and he was trying to like be canoodly, and I started to get tightness in my chest. 
Yeah, absolutely. I had to look at him and be like, hey, so remember when we almost broke up? Still have a little trauma from that. Yeah, it's just bubbling up in my chest meat right now. Feel like, feel a little crazy. And I was like, I just need to breathe. Can I have some space? But it's so hard because you just feel like you're going crazy it takes it was like when my doctor told me that for the first time she was like oh you probably don't even really have that bad asthma it's probably just anxiety oh yeah yeah I mean when you figure that out it's crazy I definitely throw up a lot um I pass out I get migraines Mm -hmm. uh every other physical thing you just said um but yeah I think I just I yeah uh I experience it in situations where I feel like I'm absolutely out of control. Like yeah. in the sense, like at a huge co- like concert where I'm like in the middle of everything, that's not a good place for me. You really go to a lot of places like concerts, comedy clubs. I, you put yourself in situations that even for the neurotypical person could be quite uh, overwhelming. Well, um, I would say that I'm drawing from a myriad of experiences and that I have to call out of a lot of things a lot of the time. Like that's, um, that's something that I, that makes me super anxious and is one of my, like, I think like character faults, even though I really don't have very much control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I have to call like sell concert tickets last minute cause I'm too depressed to get out of bed mm-hmm. or I've been, not I've been awake for seven days or something crazy like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah I I think when I was younger I was able to do a lot more stuff and then as things kind of as I'm as things in my head kind of got a little bit wackier I had to you know stay back to myself but going to like comedy stuff is comedy so if it makes me uncomfortable it depends where it is like I'll you know and who's there and whatnot but I try to just, you know, I know that I'm going to be uncomfortable most of the places and anxious a little bit, depending on what's going on. But um, yeah, if it's for comedy, then I'm like, just put it away. <laughs> I shove you. Yeah, just feel this later. I will feel yeah, you later in a, when I don't expect it. <laughs> exactly. When I'm watching title that's- credits to a Crunch Bar commercial. Sorry, Dave, go. That's- no, no, no worries. Uh, that's straight white male here. Opinion doesn't matter. Uh, yes, it does. It does. I was going to compliment. Less. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. Oh, trust me. My my give a fuck tank is so empty. I know no one wants to hear what I have to say. And I'm completely okay. That's not true. Uh, that's not true. Guys, Guys if you're listening to this podcast right now, I want you to at Yates Comedy on Twitter and Instagram, and I want you to tell him that you appreciate Guys, ta- He's a beautiful ta- crier. Ta- Taco Bell <laughs> responded to one of my tweets. I don't need fucking anything from any of you. Yeah, that's the Taco Bell. Okay? So, like, fucking... Yeah. Don't believe me? Check my Twitter. Uh, what a credit. But what, I, what I was going to compliment you on is your honesty so that you that hopefully you don't think too honest is a bad thing in this regard because when you talk about having to cancel things and when you talk about having this is how you need to be honest to live your life that's what needs to be normalized okay you know and, and and so I want to commend you for doing those things and being Thank honest you. because that's what people need to hear that this is not some this is not some type of choice that no i have a chronic fatal illness yeah like it's 
it, it boggles my mind when people think that people are choosing to be the, the way that they are in circumstances that surround mental health. Yeah. Um, it, it, if, if it was a choice, holy fuck, are you making uh, cho- like the worst choices? Like it's, yeah. it's just, but it's, but it's something that you are like, if I had to tell someone I can't go to, and I know this is probably very sophomoric, but if I had severe diabetes and it's just like, I can't go and I can't go to M&M world with you because like, if I go and eat all the M&Ms, I'm going to fucking go into shock. Okay. Everybody be like, Oh yeah, that's okay. Cause diabetes is a thing that people talk about. Okay. And, and, and I don't think it, mental health should be as uncommon as it, as a conversation oh. as it is. And that's the problem. And that's my, a big problem in 12 step recovery uh, even though we read about it all the time, it's this that uh, not only are some people afflicted with alcohol and drug addiction, uh, but mental health is, is also there too. But it's okay to be an addict and an alcoholic uh, publicly, but to have mental health, ooh, no, don't talk about it yet. It's well, the third rail in comedy. You can't, you can't talk about mental health stuff. You can't talk about who's a drug addict while they're in it, <laughs> you know? I will. I want to say thank you, first of all, for saying that, because I think that's the only way to change it. And like I write for uh, this mental health website called The Mighty, and I wrote a whole article about that and about having to cancel things, especially on people you love. Like, you know, when you make plans and you have to continuously like not show up for people or cancel shows you want to really do, whatever it is. Um, And I got comments from like women in their 60s being like, I've never had someone like say it like this. Thank you so much. Like, or like a girl commented and she's like, my boyfriend has been acting like this. And I thought like, but I never thought to think of it from this angle, like, you know, and so thank you for saying that because I think we do need to talk about it because it's like, for me, the thing is, is like, I do struggle and like, I am having a good hair day, but I've been having a bad week. And so it's like, uh, if we're not talking about it, then it's not going to, no one's going to, no, no one knows anything. And um, yeah, it and, just, and for it's, so, and go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I just was going to say like, it's one of those things that everyone has mental health. Not everyone has a mental illness, like, but everyone has mental health that they can take care of and that they should be taking care of. And if you know about that, then you'll eventually learn that people can obtain that completely. And what does that look like? Yeah, and for for uh, to use uh, uh, the phrase Anna for a neurotypical person, and, and I I will say this: sometimes it's 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 a practice because I have people with mental health issues in my life. It's a practice to remind myself that it's not anything personal. I can get frustrated and I can be a little perturbed, but at the end, of, but at Absolutely. the end of the day, it's just it's it's so it's just as much of a responsibility uh, for the person that is afflicted with mental illness as it is for the friends and family around them to realize that like okay, yeah, it's okay to be frustrated when someone cancels plans. Absolutely, that's, that's, that's not that's not a that's not an un uh, unre- unreasonable thing. Your emotions but are just as valid. Mm-hmm. How quickly does it go from? Uh, taking it personally to oh well that's you know that's okay and and like i have to work on that like i have to work on a, a level of acceptance of the people around me you know my uh family members or friends and things like that that it's just like yeah i mean 
I, 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 I identify as an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. That's, that's, you know what I'm saying? So it's like not everything in the world is, is happening to me. (laughs) Make fun of me. What? Make fun of me. Miss Robinson. Wait, I was funny. Oh my God. Someone ring the bell. I said, are you making fun of me? I never accused you of being funny. I'm going to ring the bell uh, the way that they would in that makeup show on, on Netflix. Ding dong. Oh, wow. I was in more of a boxing ring. But um, no, I wasn't trying to make fun of you. But keep going. I, <laughs> I mean, I was, but, but keep going. <laughs> I Trust me. I'm, we've been friends for a number of years now. I, I, I know your sneaky ways. But that's the, but the reality is it's just uh, uh, in conclusion for this little spit that I have here is that it 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 should be a joint effort for the people that care about people with mental health and the people that take care of themselves that it's just like to come to some kind of understanding or a better understanding that this is just the way that they are and you don't have to be you know you don't you have don't have to, to get accept it. it yeah exactly I think it's a communication thing a hundred percent like you just said like. Um, one, like in college, it was always me telling and in high school, telling my professors, like, this is the deal. This is what's going on. Sending emails. Like I can't come to class, you know, with my friends. It's like, they know what's going on with me. They know how my week's going with my family. I think for a lot of people too, like you were saying, like for in your life, like maybe you're not the one who's afflicted, but you're uh, like, you interact with other people. Um, like for you, like, I would say, that like is one of those things where you like that's a beautiful place to draw boundaries where it's like I can take on your stuff when I can take it on and I would love to be of support and help or like I'm not in the place to have that um right now and I need you to respect that boundary so like I oftentimes when I'm manic just dump truck a bunch of information on people and then I realize like oh maybe they have stuff going on on their side of things that they weren't able to take care of but the people in my life who are healthy and who I have boundaries with go, you know what? I'm here to support you. If, if you really need me, like call me, but I can't take this on right now. Mm-hmm. And then we're good to go. Anna uh, was waving around wildly in agreement, I believe. Anna. Yes, that's yes. I was having that conversation with a family member this morning where I was saying, you know, it's perfectly okay to say, I don't have the bandwidth for this right now. So if you could just, you know, I love you, but I don't have the bandwidth for other people's issues right now. And, and that for me in our career, uh, in our profession was really tough because it was like, so many people would be like, mommy, 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 girlfriend, friend at the club. Let me tell you about my problems. And I had to start practicing like, Hey, I don't have the bandwidth for this right now, but let's talk another time. Goodbye. (laughs) For sure. I think that that should be, um, that should definitely be normalized. Now I, um, you had mentioned before sort of like faults. Uh, We would, we in the 12 step world would call that defects of character. Oh yeah. Is your, what's like your character defect that you're working on today or that you miss the most or like, what's the biggest one that comes to mind? Uh, (laughs) Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things wrong with me, but that's because I have been in a weird place lately. Um, 
I think my character, like one of my biggest character defects, I guess, is I want to say not showing up for people because it still sucks. Like even, you know, or not and not I can't show up for myself sometimes. So um, I would just say that, like, even though I work on it, like constantly, Mm -hmm. there's this thing um, in DBT, which is dialectical behavior therapy um, called opposite action. Mm-hmm. and you know just do the opposite of what you actually want to do uh and what you you know should be doing the old, the old and, costanza method i will do the go. opposite <laughs> yes there you go exactly and so um i practice that a lot with to try and do that but it doesn't always work i just some people show up for me and i want to be able to show up for them you know mm-hmm. like that's all and I uh, bet you do more than you realize. In my brain, yeah. I always say I'm not showing up for people enough in my life. And yeah, yeah, and it's that's not true. You know, it's it's that sometimes I just have to be like the the perception of my behavior on the inside is not always accurate. Yeah, and that's to, fair. It, it's also okay. It's also okay uh, to realize that some people. Um, some people will will use their mental health as an excuse rather than to you know um rather than to address like like the fact that you're addressing the thing that you would like to work on rather than weapon people will weaponize mental health issues too so it's like so i don't want anybody listening to feel like that that if they have someone in their life you know that yeah. it, like it's not it's, it's not, not okay ex- to yeah it's yeah exactly. i'm still accountable so, as a person yeah exactly and mo- and most people are you know and most I don't, people that are sorry i just want to say i don't think people owe you anything no. like i think you're accountable for your actions as someone who's mentally ill but like you don't owe someone your story or like why you can't no. be somewhere that's not anyone's business but you do have to take into account their time their whatever respect that person and that that's where it gets difficult that's where the self-flagellation comes in a lot like i um at the you know beginning to mid beginning of quarantine started out strong mid quarantine started to have both a stronger anxiety response and a stronger um a stronger my adhd gets kicked up and what i've noticed over this time is that my adhd is truly unmanageable and so the other day I had sent, I had sent an email cause I misread a text cause my brain was moving so fast. Right. And I sent an email to you being like, okay, we're going to be here. I was just sitting there and Dave was like, no, it's Thursday. And so what I did is rather than get into that self-flagellation space, I went on psychology today and I said, you know what, bitch, you're going to find a psychiatrist who can do non-narcotic ADD meds. This is enough is enough. And like, that that definitely like there was there was just like an unmanageability moment on my end. Wait, that's so beautiful because first of all, congratulations on having that like breakthrough and like going yeah. to seek that out. Yeah. But also when I was communicating with Dave about this and I had to cancel, I was like, I can't make this happen. Just yeah. Uh, and yeah. you guys, I was like, yeah, then I was feeling this thing and I I went on and started looking at um, different programs and stuff online because I was like, oh, look at this. I was like, oh, I care about Dave and I've just met Anna and I want to show up and like be part of this like cool thing that you guys do. And uh, and then you sent me that email and I was like, oh, no, like 
I fucked up. Like, I feel no, so you're, you're going to get the wrong impression. Like, no, you're fine. In fact, it was literally I, when Dave and I were talking about it, I was like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm always super easy going about that stuff because the least I can be is a person who's executive functioning um, and anxiety can really get in the way of planning and scheduling and showing up is flexible with others. That's the least I could do is just be like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'm flexible, whatever. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, because that's the mentality I have to live in so I don't run out into traffic. You know, if every if every mistake, every little mistake I made, if I was like, oh God, I would, that would that's the end of the world for me. So I have to just, I have to be like, well, I did a lot of drugs when I was 13. My brain doesn't work right. So maybe yep. I should get some help with this. <laughs> and, and, but it was just, it was just a weird moment of just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take this time to invest in my mental health. And that reminds me when I'm off this podcast, I got to call a psychiatry clinic and harass them for drops in their schedule. Anyway, <laughs> but I love the nightmare. We, we all had that collective <laughs> moment of like, yes. Yeah, we all, I think the beautiful thing about this podcast is everybody talking right now wants to be better at whatever that is. And also- Not me, I'm a straight white male. I'm perfect just the way I am. <laughs> and Dave is, Dave is perfect the way he is. Now, uh, he's here to level it out. <laughs> You're welcome. We just talked a lot about, uh, in vague terms, like the concept of self, when you said radical self-acceptance, self-forgiveness, like- how do you experience forgiveness in your life today? Um, this is a great question. And I like that you just, <laughs> just asked it. Um, I, uh, I would say that my like biggest bout that started to help my acceptance around everything in my life um, was my dad had Parkinson's. Mm. And then unfortunately he passed away um, and he was older. So I'd been basically gearing up for it my whole life, but, um, you're never really ready for your parents to die unless you really want them to. Um, but so I would just say that like, you know, as a, I'm in my twenties, there's plenty of things I could be upset about, you know, around our relationship and like things that didn't happen or things that did, you know, um, and instead I was like, well, he's losing his mental capacity and he's going to lose his life soon. So I just have to like, give it up. Like nothing. It's not worth the energy to be angry. So I just need to forgive. And then that was kind of like a very opening thing to just be like, okay, yeah, you can have like a valid emotion around something and still like, let it go. Yeah. So yeah. Like in a healthy way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my dad died of a very similar um, illness. It's, it's called um, MSA. It's like part, they called it Parkinson's plus before it was like, it's all the end stage Parkinson's, but it, in the beginning of your illness and oh, great. yeah. Yeah. All the fun parts. Uh, yeah. My dad had the long drawn out one. It was 15 years long. <laughs> oh, and like it, there was a, a big, um, you, there was an acceptance of I can love my dad and I can be so grateful for that person in my life as they were and as they are now. Like I'm in acceptance of like the relationship still exists. It's just changed. Absolutely. Um, and I can also acknowledge that there were some things that were not ideal and, and hurtful and, and abusive, downright abusive that occurred. And 
And those two things can be true. I think in the, the, the wind tunnel of grief, we often tell ourselves that only one type of emotion can be true. And that's why for so many years, I struggled with both forgiveness of myself and others. Because yeah. in my mind, I was just stuck in that, you know, uh, forgiveness is a binary and it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, that's, so that helped with for, forgiving pe- other people and forgiving myself. I am working on every day, but I think it's one of those things where it's something you, if I, I want to be the type of person who's always reflecting on what I'm doing because otherwise I'm just a stagnant, like yeah. you're not growing unless you're reflecting on how you're behaving. So yeah. yeah. Like I w- and I want to be able to forgive others. Like I have some people in my life who have been downright the worst and have d- done some horrific things to me. And thanks to therapy, um, I have been able to like reckon with some of that and just like be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Moving forward. Nice. Upwards and onwards. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Are, have you gotten any weird apologies or given any weird apologies? We'd call them amends in our world. I've given plenty of weird apologies. I don't think anyone who should apologize to me has ever done so. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of. I don't know. I broke my friend's, her, her dad's brand new flat screen TV in the eighth grade when I was super drunk. Um, right in half. It was two days old. It was like when flat screens came out, like, it, like, so they were super expensive. It cost like $20,000. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> ironically, this story also involves me falling down. Um, I fell down stairs in this mud? one. I don't mud know how no this mud? is happening. Just stairs, carpet. Um, no mud. Okay. No, no I just want to clarify. No, no, no. Um, I would say I've, I've apologized to a lot of men I shouldn't have, <laughs> who I who I who really deserve to apologize to me. Um, and I think I don't know. I I really want the people who told me to who were really mean to me when I was younger to apologize, but that will never happen. Hmm. Well, yeah. That, and that I mean that I mean that's a common uh yeah. conundrum of, of a lot of people. Like I've got people in my life that I just wish would just fucking just say it so I just can just acknowledge stop. it, yeah. But then uh, then it's forgiving myself uh, for having unrealistic expectations of the people around me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It that's I, at the end of the day uh, the most important thing for me is that when I hit my head hits the pillow, I go to sleep, you know, and, and, and what that involves is having a monicum of forgiveness for me for maybe, you know, not being the best that day and maybe I'll be better tomorrow, you know, and that, yeah. and that, and that is having unrealistic expectations of people, you know, that have slighted me or whatever, like they used to be the fuel. And now it's not. So I mean that that's progress, I guess, through through hot 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 therapy, you know. <laughs> hot hot therapy. It. And also some daily like daily practice. I, I know that 
like Dave, for example, you like works really hard on like he his daily his daily routine as far as like keeping keeping his brain together is 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 hefty like i i before i get out of bed i say my little prayers you know what i mean today was a little different because i woke up to a thud you know so like it it is surprise um, it was me falling above you no i'm just kidding i'm telling you that's so i mean i woke up to my stepmom falling and and getting attacked by her own snow globe on the way down was she so, was she covered in mud no she was not covered in mud thank god Um, but it was it was it's so it's so ironic to me it's such a like a fun coincidence that we're having a podcast where our guest uh has a also troubled relationship with gravity um i fell during covid too poor dave our our one day our one uh week together where i skipped uploading i fell and i gave myself a concussion uh diana i fell on stairs and so i totally understand (laughs) I was just like, I'm going to die in COVID, not of COVID. This is bullshit. (laughs) So, yeah, no. When I fell this just recent time, I was all by myself in the woods and it was so cinematic. Birds flew. Like I was (laughs) like, I screamed so loud. I literally was like, okay. Yeah, it was exact. I was like, okay, get me out of (laughs) here. Oh my God. Well, what do you do aside from walking slowly and holding the handrails? What do you do on a daily basis to keep yourself together? Like what's your daily routine? I have like a little chalkboard that says all the things I need to do so that I can keep my head together. Um, But I wake up and um, the first they say, I can't remember. uh, what psych- psychologist was saying this, but the first time that you like look in the mirror for the day, like how you look at yourself really matters. Oh. Like if you're going to look at, at your reflection. So like if you wake up and you're just like, I just made not a face, but if you wake up and you look at yourself and you're like, even if you're not feeling that way um, and you smile, then that like helps. Um, and then I do all my hygiene stuff and I walk my dog and I take my pills and I work out when I'm not crippled. And, um, and then I read and write and I mean, in corn, like in, in COVID times. Yeah. I just, every day I'm like reading and writing cause I do ma- mainly freelance PR stuff. So, which is a plug if you need help <laughs> with anything. Hey, hey. <laughs> I can do we're get, websites we're and SEO. We're, 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 <laughs> no, I know. But we'll, yeah, we'll make um, sure, I would just. We'll make sure you get plugged. I'm just joking, but I'm not. But uh, but uh, yeah, I would just say I just have a really simple schedule. I cried on a date once because a guy asked me what I do like on a, on a daily basis. And then I started crying because I was like, I realize I really like have four steps in my day, but like, it's really hard to do those four things. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, but I just was like thinking that. And then I said, started telling him what I did every day, just like I did to you, just bawling at an Italian restaurant. Well, we're asking you not as a criticism, but as a celebration, no, I know. that's, you do a lot. No, 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 that's a me thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, you do a lot and I'm very proud of you. That's amazing. Thank you. Got, got to throw some meditation in there. That's- mm-hmm. Oh, no, I I, I I live in Colorado. I lived in Boulder. I'm all constantly being. Yeah. You're, 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 you're namasteing your ass on the meditation pillow. Yeah. And my old opener had to, had mindfulness in it, Dave. <laughs> mm. I love it. Really, it was a banger. <laughs> I love it. I, I just like imagine, <laughs> I imagine everybody in Colorado is just like on a bed of crystals at all times. 
Some people are, that's for freaking sure. But <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your relationship with like, do you have a higher power, no higher power, meditation, all the things? Yeah, I saw, I saw your, the question on the thing. Um, when I was first asked about this, like to find, like to find God, <laughs> I was first asked to find God. And I was like, I don't hear that correctly. Um, that doesn't gel with me, like the way that I experience things. And then uh, because I was in the woods for 11 weeks, I found my higher power in the woods. Um, and I just like, I've, I think I've always identified that as like a higher power, just being in nature. Um, I grew up in the mountains. So that's something like so tangible that you can see as larger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, know that like, it's, it just is there and solid, like whatever. Um, but yeah, I kind of believe in the universe in the, in the way, uh, there's a great Amy Schumer sketch about the universe, but yeah, just in the sense that like things are happening. There's inner, I think there's energy, like energy is super real between people, between things, et cetera. But I I wouldn't name it. Yeah. (laughs) If I did, it would, yeah. One of my favorite uh, sayings is, I think it's a, he's a comedian, his name's Ryan Singer, he always says, it's more fun to believe. Mm-hmm. I, it's like I, Santa. I think it's more fun, more fun, more fun to believe in, in the energy and the universe and the woods and nature. Yeah, know? and I think like, oh, you know, for like people who are religious, like, cool, that's your thing. I don't that's think it okay, has to be for yeah. everyone. Exactly. But I do think, I mean, there's good things to draw from that too. Like a lot of the lessons are just like, be good to people. Like those ones I'm on board for, but all the other shit, I'm like, keep that at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did it. We made it to the end. Rebecca Robinson, you're a goddamn delight. This is oh, the last you. question. Okay. Anna's, Anna's doing presentation hand gestures. Sorry, I'm just I'm... making sure that the audio listeners know. Dun, 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 dun. She's, going, she's going ham in her little square up there. <laughs> What would you tell someone just like you listening right now? Um, I would say be honest with the people around you and with yourself and ask for help, um, whatever that looks like for you. It can look like so many different things and you can always find new ways and nothing's permanent except for killing yourself. So... Yeah. yeah please, mind. please don't do that. So yeah. Don't do that. Please call, don't kill yourself. call a hotline. Call yeah. a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Call an old teacher who used to look down your shirt. They'll probably love to hear from you. So what? <laughs> Specific. <laughs> me I think on we're Instagram. gonna have to do a whole other podcast on that last statement. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, Where can people it? find you, Rebecca? Yes. Um. Well, they can find me at Becca Robs on Twitter, at Becca Robs underscore on Instagram. Um, I just started a podcast called The Larry and Rob Show. You can find us at The Larry and Rob Show on everything. Um, We talk about mental health and sex and life, and we have a hotline you can call into. Uh, You can find me in Denver, Colorado, stuck in my apartment, mainly in my bed. Um, Yep. Yeah. Still Otherwise, don't find me. Club shirts. Oh yes, I'm still selling Dead Dad Club shirts. Um, they are pretty rock and roll, if I do say so myself. Dave, you I have, have one. one. Yeah, and Anna has one. Um, they are like dark slate gray, and they said de- de- say Dead Dad's Club. And uh, if you have a dead dad, you should buy one. They're twenty five dollars, 
And uh, part of the proceeds goes to Parkinson's research. So you should definitely uh, donate so that we can help some other people out. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And part of our podcast, too, is also charity. We have a charity every month that we donate to. Oh, my God. You're killing it. Well, there's no stage time, so I might as well talk into a computer forever. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I'm going to pick your brain on, like, all this success that you're having on this podcast so we can we can borrow. We can we can adopt some of those business practices. Isn't it beautiful how we just talked about how mentally ill I am, but then it seems like I'm so put together. (laughs) You're killing it. The duality. (laughs) Dave, where can people find you? They can find me at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, Christmas is right around the corner. If you like hot sauce, I make a hot sauce that's delicious. You can order hahahotsauce.com. It's a flat $5 to ship any amount to any of your friends. So if you don't want to go to the store, uh, because you can't right now, uh, you can send your friend, enemy, family member, you can send them some hot sauce, hahahotsauce.com. Anna, what about you? Where can people find you? Well, you can find me at Anna Via's phone on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com uh, for show dates and all kinds of stuff. Um, you can find this podcast at 12Q Pod on all social media. And even our Gmail is at 12Q Pod. So send us a note. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, last week's guest, Katie Willard, has her Katie Kits up on her website. And I think it's KA Willard on Twitter. So uh, ch- check her out. I bought one, it's really cute. Oh, I'm really excited. So, um, so uh, if you want to support us or support folks who have been on this podcast, please buy their stuff, buy their art, buy a Dead Dad's Club t-shirt, yeah. get some hot sauce, get all kinds of stuff. So, Food uh, and money help. Food. Thoughts and prayers do not. <laughs> or you can find me at Ven- on Venmo at Becca Robs. <laughs> yes. There See, you there go. you go. Get that Venmo. Um, how we end this podcast every time is Dave. If nobody's told you this today, I love you. I'm aware. And Rebecca, and nobody's told you this today. We love you. Thank you. Love you, Rebecca. I love you guys. Good to see you. Love you. So good to see you guys. Thank you for having me. This was the best. Thank you. And if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, guys, we love you. We love you. Thanks for listening. Love you. Take care, everybody. Bye. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask.